Welcome to the most unfiltered, unbiased Chicago Bulls show around. Welcome to the Bulls Guys podcast. I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright, on a grieving night. And here's my co-host, Mr. Greg Love from Chicago, Illinois. What up, what up? And we have a guest tonight, a returning guest, Kataka. What's going on, people? From the Bulls Eye Facebook group. Grieving night, fellas, man. End of the season. And um, I can't say that I'm not happy that it is over. We're going to talk all about that when we get back. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. All right, back on the Bulls Guys Podcast. So, guys, it's the final in Milwaukee, 116 to 100. The Bulls season comes to an end in the NBA playoffs in five games. The Chicago Bulls lose three straight to the Milwaukee Bucks in blowout fashion after winning game two and, and, and getting Chicago Bulls hopes up. And it was a great season, guys. I'm not going to lie. You know, to start off at least the first half of the season and then in the second half, I don't know what happened, but this team kind of lost their chemistry after the we had suffered a couple injuries to Lonzo Ball. Alice Caruso and the Bulls never looked back as far as like disappointment from there. And then they headed to the playoffs, a number six seed after they were a number one seed, tied for number one at 38 and 21 at All-Star break with the Miami Heat. So this season in a nutshell, along with this series, guys, I just felt like, you know, the Bulls um, went away from what made them great. You know, at the beginning of the season, sharing the ball, um, taking smart shots, um, attacking the rim, playing defense. We just went totally away from that, maybe because of the manpower, a couple guys trying to do too much to replace the guys that were out and what they were doing. I don't know what to, how to explain it, but I do know the, the basics that I have, have talked about every show about how we got rid of our size, having Alizé Johnson at the beginning of the season, having Stanley Johnson, and then not having those guys throughout the, the season in the second half and losing that size and that grit that we had on the squad. I didn't know why they got rid of those guys, but those guys, getting rid of those guys, I felt changed our team. Uh, we didn't get this, we didn't have the same roster at the All-Star break that we had at the beginning of the season, basically what I'm saying. And it was to guys that, getting rid of guys that could have helped us combined with the injuries. But all in all, um, even with the injuries, I felt like we could have put up a, bit, a better fight in these playoff games. We just basically laid down, set a record margin in the third game of thir- a 30-point loss at home, which was our worst home playoff defeat. And I've just been embarrassed in this series as a Chicago Bulls fan, Chicago Bulls supporter all my life. And I'm just hoping and praying that AK brings us a competitive team next year because this is not Chicago basketball to go out like this to lose like this to a division rival at that 
a team that we've had constant battles with through the years and then to go out like this to have them beat us down like this to have us vulnerable in this in this state it's just something that was hard for me to take and that's why i checked out in the third quarter ladies and gentlemen i'm hoping late i'm hoping next year kataka and greg that we come back with more pride and that ak plans to win next year not just let's just see and and that that notion bothered me a lot as well so i'm gonna let you guys chip in after i said my piece all right go ahead greg you know, looking on this season, I'll say I think they exceeded a lot of people's expectations. All right. So, yeah, I think looking at it, um, we weren't expected to be where we were, especially riding high at the first seed for a while. DeMar was at an MVP level for a while. And like you said, we dealt with injuries, COVID, more injuries. I mean, even at this point, more COVID, right? Like, it's it's been a very up-and-down season for us. And I think looking at it from this context and where we were last year or where we've been, like, the past five years and not making the playoffs and making to the playoffs this year, I think it's a step in the right direction. Now, I don't think this is going to be a final step. Like you said, K-Dub, there needs to be some tweaks. Um, there were some mistakes along the way. I get that. But I think looking forward, I think if we make the proper adjustments that next year we should reload, get healthy, and come back even stronger, make a deeper run into the playoffs. Right. That's all. Right. So plus side is that, like you guys said, is that we made a huge step for being a 35-win team to 40-something. We actually make the playoffs. Like that's that's the positive. However, I mean, every team was actually hit with the injury bug with COVID. I just think that this roster really wasn't bit built for the long haul in mm-hmm. the playoffs. I think it was something that they was trying to do like a trial and error. Okay, since we struck out on a couple people, let's just try to play small ball. It's more like a like a like a like a test run, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we got 10 guys. I just found out we got 10 guys that's on contract next season, which is a, a lot. Uh, so hopefully that we can package up some guys, focus on shooting, focus on actually having size, and we actually have to just, man, just think about the central division and, you know, and trying to compete there and then take it a step further than that with the rest of the league. But, uh, I just hope AK um, actually just, you know, realize what his faults were when it comes to putting this team together. That you just can't, you know, just grab any old guys and look at just youth. You need to actually get some more experienced veterans that can ball come out on that bench. That bench was the worst. And I know we had Lonzo Ball, but once Lonzo went out, you should have actually had these guys like Russo or the next man up actually learn from Lonzo to step up because you know injuries are bound to happen. Mm-hmm. You actually got to have these guys, you know, ready for when that happens. Um, I don't know about the coaching. I think I think personally that the team actually lost trust in Billy uh, because it seems like. Just listening to post games and actually seeing what they're doing on the court, 
you know, it's just the same thing. He's saying that we're, we're not playing defense, you know, we're getting caught up on screens, you know, we're shooting too many threes. But yet every single game, we're trying to shoot and compete on the long ball with these other teams, and, and we're not hitting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they actually did good film footage on these guys before actually bringing them onto the Bulls, or they were just taking a crapshoot. So we actually got to do a better job. I don't know who the hell is a scout. I don't know who the hell is whatever um, and, and trying to, you know, go around the league and see who we can get, but they're going to have to do a better job. Well, personally, what I think is that our management has to change their entire approach of how they view things. And I, and I know their history because I've been a Chicago Bulls fan for over 30 years. And they like to pinch, penny pinch, and, and try to squeeze more money out of a penny. And that's why the roster has suffered. Because basically, you're, you're, first of all, Billy hasn't been using his old roster. I've talked about that on previous shows, Greg, that Billy has not utilize his entire roster. You have guys that are healthy, like Cook, that were in the uniform that didn't play, that didn't get in games. So that's number one. We have to start playing everybody. We have to have a deeper rotation. We have to have backup guys in case we have injuries. We're a team that our history, we shouldn't be having a short um, backup of guys. We have so many injuries every single year. It happened when D. Rose was here. It happened in the Jordan years with Scottie Pippen. We've just always been that team that suffered with injuries. So with that said, knowing that's our history, you want to have guys on hand in case that happened and not just throw in D-league guys. I'm talking about guys that can actually play, that can hold your team up and that can come right in and you wouldn't even know that guys were out that could keep what you're doing flowing. And that's something that they're going to have to change their, their, their approach on. Also, you got to bring in what you actually need and you have to stick to what you actually need. And you can't just try to win one way. I felt like all year, all we did is shoot three-point shots. All we do is drive and kick, pick and roll, drive and kick. That's fine. But when teams um, plan for that and adjust to that because you are in the playoffs, and that's what I ultimately feel Milwaukee adjusted to. They went back and watched tape a game two. They said, all right, we're not going to let DeMar beat us, and we're not going to let them just shoot three. We're not just going to let them, we're not gonna let them get to the basket. Because I think we was getting to the basket pretty easy in that game. And they said, we're not going to give them that. We're going we're gonna to take DeMar at the game. We're going to make somebody else beat us. And we faltered for three straight games. And we didn't have no comeback. You know, this is a boxing match. Somebody hits you with a nice jab. You hit them back with a nice jab. And that's, that's how the fight going to keep going. They hit you with their best shot. You hit them with your best shot. Then you know that they've been using this hook and this jab, Kataka, for the fact, for the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Round four, you ain't falling for that jab no more because they've been shooting that same jab. Yeah. So playoffs is a, is a, is a chess match. When they make a move, you got to make a move to counter their move. And I felt like the, when it was the Bulls' turn to counter their move, they didn't do it. And Zach Levine... Not playing this game. Um, they said he had COVID. At first, I thought he was he was lying about it, but apparently it, it seemed like he did have COVID because they said he was feeling really bad, really sick. And um, these announcers that don't work for us ain't going back up Zach Levine and lie for him. So I feel like that was true. And he was been dealing with knee injuries the whole series. 
So if this guy could push himself through a knee injury, why, what's the excuse for the rest of these guys that's not showing up? And that's why I feel like him and DeRozan walked out in that game the other night, Greg, in game four. Yeah, you know, speaking of Zach and his knee injury, right? Like, I was reading about it, and they were basically saying, because this is an article from Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun Times. Oh, brother, the liar, the biggest liar in Chicago Chicago history. Yeah, he said that his knee was like 50% on a good day. And that he basically had to do an all-day type of treatment for it in order to kind of keep playing. And he's having surgery in the offseason. Mm. So looking at it like that, right, like that probably contributed to maybe his lack of aggressiveness, mm-hmm. um, which is something that, you know, we've kind of killed it for. I, I would hope that maybe that's why he was not driving to the rim. And that was it was less of a mental thing, and maybe he couldn't get the lift that he wanted. But you know, I I kind of had two questions for both of you guys, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll kind of get to it. But my first question is: I know all three of us at different times have kind of killed Billy Donovan on his coaching. My question would be: if not Billy, because like I get wanting to replace him. But like, who who realistically do you think the Bulls could get to replace? Mark Jackson. Yep. Mark Jackson been sitting on the sidelines ever since Golden State cut him, and nobody won't give him a job, and I don't know why. Mark Jackson will be perfect for the job. He'd be the number one person I go after. He's a good motivator. He helped build that. That's his team. I don't care if Steve Kerr's coaching him. That's his Warriors team that that Steve Kerr's winning championships with. That that Mark Jackson built that team. So, yeah, somebody like him. But, you know, there's been a little bit of rumors, and I think it's fact that the Bulls organization is a little racist, man. You know what I'm saying? They had to be accused of racism to hire Mark Eversley. So let's just keep it real, man. You know what I'm saying? I would hate to think that because I'm Bulls all the way. But listen, hire the best person for the job. Don't hire somebody because you like them. Tim Floyd and, and Fred Hoiberg wouldn't have jobs if they weren't favored by the person that was hiring them. I mean, let's not forget, Jerry Krause was was friends with Tim Floyd, and that's the only reason why he got the job. But was he the best man for the job? When it comes to these coaching searches, we really got to get real and get serious. You bring in somebody in that's going to try to carry on a winning tradition. How can, in, in the Jordan days, you you as, an, as a front office going to say and the owner going to say, well, owners in, in, in the front office win championships – and Jordan been out the door for how many years, and you haven't done anything. So you basically put your foot in your mouth. You haven't done shit since Jordan left. And I'm starting to take it personal because everybody just looking at us as Jordan's old team. They're not looking at us as a, as a team that could potentially win another title without Michael Jordan. But for me, man, it's just – I felt like we was just pissed on in this series. I felt like the Bucks just pissed on everything about us. And you had to sit there and watch it as a Bulls fan. And competitiveness, I can accept that. But just getting beat down and just accepting it, I can't accept that, man. And when you look at – and you look, we're watching the playoffs, and I'm sure Bulls fans are watching the playoffs. You look at Memphis. You look at Boston. You look at Miami. You look at some of these teams that's in the playoffs still. They play as a unit. It's not just their best players scoring and doing things. Everybody on their team is contributing. 
So that's what the Bulls are lacking. We don't have every single person on our team contributing. It's either Zach or DeMar got to be hot or Vooch or we lose. That's not a team, man. I don't care how many how, how many stars you can pack together. The Brooklyn Nets just lost for the same reason because they didn't have the, the help either. So I don't know you guys' take on that, man, but I feel like what the Bulls are really lacking is they, they're missing that, that depth as far as getting something from their bench and their supporting players outside of the stars. Yeah, to answer the first part of your question, Greg, I agree. Mark Jackson, uh, heck, I would even take a stab and let, let – what's the name? Um, uh, he's a he's assistant coach. Mo Cheeks? Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks is uh, on our team already. Yeah, but let him coach. <laughs> nah, I don't like Mo Cheeks. I don't, I don't want nobody from this coaching staff no more. To be honest with you, no offense. I want a, a brand new coaching staff, man. Yeah, but uh, to, but add to that, um, Chris Fleming yeah. did good with with Donovan out though. He was five and zero. Yeah, he did good. He did good. Um, but I was thinking of some black coaches. But yeah, to answer your, your other part of your question, yeah, from my aunt who was married to my uncle who played in the NBA, played for the Bulls organization in the mid seventies. They have always said that the Bulls organization has been been racist. Mm, see? Uh, Go figure. And I didn't know this until you just said this. Yeah, she, she said, you know, the Bulls organization has always been known to be racist. Um, You know, been a type that, you know, they don't really want, they find, you know, find a little star black player, you know, milk that, milk them to, you know, until they all washed up and then, you know what I'm saying, and then move on to the next person. You know, they, ain't gonna, they didn't want giving no brothers, no assistant coaches coaching jobs as well so mm. or even really stop into the company um but to add also to the third part is that yeah they're lacking physicality you know they're not a, not a physical team i've seen mm. so many so many games in which they're standing around and and, and watching Lamar and zach levine and vooch but nobody's slashing to the hole i mean it's like the basketball iq and the physicality is what they're missing Teams like um, like Memphis. I was watching Memphis, and yeah, you got John Morant doing a lot of stuff. But John Morant had no problem dishing that ball, giving up to Bain or giving up to Stephen Adams in the post. So you know, everybody know their role, and they know that hey, this is the team ball. We're gonna move this ball around. But boys are missing the basketball IQ players, and they missing the physicality. Mm -hmm. Teams are pushing them all around. They're looking for fouls all the time, and it's not gonna happen. But uh, you know. To both your points, I know, I know the first name you both said, immediately said, was Mark Jackson, which is the same name that usually pops up in my head. But for whatever reason, like, he has been blackballed. Like, for, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know the reason why, but, like, nobody's touching him. But, like, I'm looking at it like, okay, like, if it can't be Mark Jackson, right? Like, for whatever reason, he's out. So, like, who else? Like, I... Because I, I looked at it like this, like you can't, you can't go get like a, a really like a first time guy. So your right? boy, so your boy Udoka interview for the Chicago Bulls job, and they didn't hire him. Look what he doing with the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look at it like you're probably you're based on the way the team's constructed. You're probably not going to go for like a first time type of head coach. Right, like at least not now, because I guess the guys are 
less youthful, let's say, to, to be nice. They're, they're yes, less youthful. So you're probably going to have to get a coach that is experienced that guys would respect, like Zach and Damar and Vooch for as long as he's here, because I'm guessing he's going to get traded at some point next season. But um, so with that being said, like, because I thought, you know, and not that I would even particularly like this hire in a sense, but I was thinking maybe Doc Rivers, because I'm sure he's going to become available whenever the Sixers lose, because James Harden wants uh, Mike D'Antoni in there. So I thought maybe a guy like Doc Rivers, but he's constantly blowing leads and things like that. So I'm not nah, so sure how I don't, that would I don't, Yeah, I don't but think his style will to, fit us. Yeah, to me, like I like you said, like a guy like Mark Jackson, like somebody who's more of a disciplinarian who's going to get in guys' faces, like, no, we're going to do it my way type of thing. Like, I thought, like, a Mark Jackson, even, like, this goes against what I said, but, like, Jawan Howard, like, in a case where, like, you know he's not going to be afraid to get stars facing and be like, no, you need to get it together. What about um, Sam Gasell? I, th- I think, see, I, I don't I don't think Sam Gasell would be a bad hire, I guess. I would, honestly, I would have preferred, like, <laughs> like Ty Lue. Like, I think Ty Lue would be a great coach for the Bulls. If you were available, but Sam like Mitchell, again, Sam Mitchell from Minnesota, he would be good. I, I would I mean, stick to Sam Mitchell too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think yeah, but basically, like you said, like a guy who is not afraid to do what he has to do to get these guys going to get these guys in the positions that they need to win, regardless of you know what Demar feels or what Zach feels. It's like here's, nah, like here's the thing. When you start when when AK thought about hiring somebody and he picked Billy Donovan, I want to know what made him pick Billy Donovan. He jumped at Billy Donovan. Like that was the thing. Like it was like, oh, okay, we're starting this search, and all of a sudden Billy Donovan is out of OKC. And he immediately jumped at Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. I think Billy was the hottest thing smoking at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Why you got him? Because he yeah. knew somebody else was gonna jump on him. But for me, if I'm in AK's shoes. And I and I have my mindset, not AK's, because I don't know what the hell his mindset is. I feel like it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. But my mindset is to win. You see what I'm saying? I'm not just trying to get to the playoffs because if you could get to the playoffs and you gotta exceed that expectation, then you gotta be prepared for that and have your team tuned for that. So but, I mean they, they hadn't been to the playoffs at that point before AK came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. Like so me. I'm thinking winning everything. I'm not just trying to just get to the playoffs. If I'm going to build a team, I'm going to try to build the best team possible. When he built Denver, he built Denver to win. He didn't build Denver just to make the playoffs. Denver exceeded their expectations. They even won a few playoff series. So why would you come over here to a bigger market where it's a championship-rich organization and think that we're going to accept something less than what you did with Denver? No, I don't care if we got younger guys here. They played in college, and they, they're used to playing the national championship games. Iowa won a championship in college. So these younger players know the difference between a championship stage and a regular stage. So, listen, they're young, but they still have to come in just like they did in college and know that this is, a, this is winning time right now. And I felt like our, our younger players were not on accord with – having the focus and the determination to be to raise their play in the playoffs. I mean, I look at the playoff, the NBA playoffs is the final four. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, it's, I, it's the younger players' final four. I mean, I guess the thing is, though, like with the comparison to Denver, AK had time in Denver. Like, we're just kind of starting his tenure in Chicago. And already we're kind of levying the expectations of making a deep run. And partly because of the moves that he made, like seeming like he's in win now mode. But like, like you said, like that thing in Denver, right? Like you draft Jokic, you draft Jamal Murray, you draft Michael Porter Jr., right? Like you make some of these other moves. But like that took years to develop. Like we're, what, in year two of this now? But you know what, though, Greg? I don't, I understand your point, And I think you made some good points. But I'm still going to disagree from this standpoint, not with your entire statement, but with just this. When you're building a team, right, you're building your team based on the competition of the of that you're going to be facing. So he came into this offseason knowing that, okay, my goal was to make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's going to be there when I get there. Miami's going to be there when I get there. All of these bigger teams like Philly is going to be there when I get there with, with Joel Embiid. These are the teams that I'm going to be playing against if, I, if I'm planning on this team getting to the playoffs. So you have to build your team accordingly. But they got rid of all of our big guys and expect us to beat these bigger teams. Giannis basically killed us in the paint in this series. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to know your competition. Even if you're just building for the playoffs, you just want to get there and lose? That's not your plan. So these are the teams that you were going to see, and they're all big teams. So my question, constant question to AK, why did you get rid of your big guys? You started the off, you started the season with these guys for a reason. Then you got rid of them, which I did not understand and I'm still puzzled by. Yeah, not only they got rid of the big guys, but you end up getting guys who were unproven. Guys like 23-24 who spent most of the time in the developmental league. Like- G League guys, <laughs> yeah. Right, you you can't you can't expect a team half full of deep G leaguers to help you get far in the playoffs. Yeah, so you get what I'm saying, Kataka. I understand, even if that was your mindset, I just want to make the playoffs. But this is your competition, and based on what they got, you got to build based on what your competition has as a strength. Yeah, I mean, it could have been some of this could have been. On AK and also on Billy, too. I think that, like, so last year he made the move to give Vooch, right? Like, and if you're mm-hmm. looking at it from, okay, we got size in Vooch. Because even though he doesn't play like it all the time, Vooch does have size, right? Like, mm-hmm. pretty much a seven-footer down there but isn't intimidating. And then I know I heard one thing that the Tony Bradley thing was kind of based on Billy Donovan's recommendation of, like, Oh, yeah, like we can really use this guy. Again, another guy with size that, I mean, he turned out to be pretty useless, right? Like, uh, yeah. all that, all, all that size for nothing, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, you know, if he was looking at it like that, like, I guess if what he thought, if he thought these guys would contribute more than what they did, like, if he thought he was going to get the beast that Woosh was in Orlando, constantly getting those double doubles. If he thought he was getting that guy who was in the post banging, okay, maybe that does change a little bit of the mindset, or maybe you can see it, but that's not the guy that we got, right? Like, or if he thought Tony Bradley was going to be effective as a rim protector or whatever, okay, but that's not the guy that we got, right? Like, so I think, like, really, this is his 
first year like molding the team in his image right because last year it was still a guard packs team he was just coming in trying to do stuff like making that trade for Vooch and things like that so he was just trying to tune the roster so this was his first year like okay this is going to be my roster I'm going to do what I want to do right like and then it was a lot of patchwork throughout the year and a lot of trial and error right and like you said at least now I think looking at it and I'm pretty sure we're going to hear a lot about injuries and all of that stuff from them in the off season. But my right. biggest, but my biggest thing with that Kataka and Greg is that he had his opportunity to, um, to, to correct that trial and error at the trade deadline. Yeah, I know. I know you said, it, but again, like we, we kind of talked about this and like, if I'm another team, I'm saying, give me Pat or give me IO. Right. Like, Let's I would I would have gave up I would have gave up Kobe in a heartbeat. But that's yeah, I would have Kobe. Yeah. Yes, but that's the thing. He wasn't playing well. Why do I want Kobe and he's not playing well? Like as because, another team because, because you have hold on because you have a player like Christian Wood that wanted out of of Houston because Houston did not want him. And that situation where a player is disgruntled and he wants to be out and he's not listening to the coach and he's causing the disruption. I think Houston would have took about anything to get Christian Wood out of there. And if you add Christian yeah. Wood to the Bulls, the way the Bulls were playing the half of the year at 38 and 21, tied for the best record, and you add a Christian Wood to that, imagine a Christian Wood in this series going up against Giannis. Imagine that. We ain't – we. I ain't saying we're going to win, but we ain't getting beat the way we did. Christian Wood would have fouled out every game. Giannis would have had to guard Christian Wood. How about that? Because okay. Christian Wood can score. Yes, he can. So that's what I'm that trying good. to say. Like, you have to – he would have been a difference maker. We would have been better, Greg. But if they – I'm not just saying Christian Wood. If they would have made a few moves at the deadline, we're not – we probably not even talking about the Bulls even playing the Bucks in the first round. They probably would have been one of the top three seeds, Kataka. But yeah. the thing is – My I'll thing is – Go ahead, I'm sorry. My thing is you're assuming that the Bulls had other pieces that other people wanted. That's the thing. Like, other than your core and Pat, like you said, Pat and Io, like, Kobe has not played. He's been very inconsistent and been closer to the not playing well most of the year. Vooch has been very inconsistent, closer to not playing well most of the year. As another team, why do I want these guys? Regardless of what's going on, like, not even looking at how their rosters are constructed, why do I want a guy who's not playing well? Like, what? What, what does that give me? I understand what you're saying from the Bulls' perspective of, like, yes, I'm willing to give up these guys. Yes, a lot of us are willing to go with these guys, but other teams know that, too. Okay, I'm pretty sure when you first, like, yeah, you could have Kobe, right? Like, probably kind of some of the first thing that comes up, right? Like, if you're so willing to give up this guy, there's a reason you're willing to give up this guy. And if that's the case, do I really want him or do I want, you know, a Pat Williams? Do I want an Io who I know, like, Pat Williams, even though he, he was injured, I know he has really good potential. Io was playing well. Okay, that's somebody who I feel like I can plug and play right now. Kobe, I know he's inconsistent, right? Like, is that really going to help me? Maybe, but if he's playing like this, nah, I don't want him, right? That's how I'm looking at it. Like, they didn't have, it didn't seem like they had much to really bargain with as opposed to, you know, other, like I said, like other teams. And I know you talked about how, like, you know, Milwaukee got surged for basically nothing, right? But, like, we don't know what the negotiations will look like. All we know on our end is that nothing significant happened, right? But we don't know, like, if AK was really going in there, like, look, I'm trying to make some moves or whatever, and they're just like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of that because I know what you need. I know what you after. I know you want my guy, right? But you don't got nothing 
that I really want. So well, well, you know what that tells me? That means AK gotta start making friends around the league because I recall a lot of trades. Matter of fact, I recall a trade this trade deadline, but I was talk I was gonna think about the Samaki Walker for Pagasov trade with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers. The only reason why they did that deal is because um What's his name? Jerry West used to play for the Lakers, and he was getting good with the Lakers. So he just handed them Paul Gasol. So, yeah, when you're in good with certain executives around the league, you're going to probably catch breaks like that. But, man, listen, look what Cleveland gave up for, for, for Levert. They basically gave up Rubio and nobody. I think they right. gave up a couple picks, and they got, they got Levert. So it's like people were just getting players and not really giving up much. We don't want to That's the thing. Well, listen, it still falls on AK at the end of the day because, like I said, that's the nature of the beast. He's supposed to network, just like I'm networking with Kataka to get some stuff done. He could have networked around the league and try to get people to help him out. AK got some friends around the NBA. He's a very popular guy. You couldn't get in some of these people's ears that you know around the league and pull off a trade? Not if they're trying to win, too. Hey, listen, man. Memphis was trying to win, but they took Samaki Walker for Pagasol. But yeah, but look how long ago that was. It that still Memphis happens was... to this day, though, Greg. That same deal. Deals like that happen. I just told you it just happened with Levert in Cleveland. It's still happening. It's not. It's not gone. It still but happens. They have, they have picks to give, though. We don't have picks to give. Like it's a lot easier if you're like, yeah, you could take my first round pick, but we don't have that option. Like Did for they a while, a first round pick for LeBron. I think it was a I, second round pick. I think a couple of second round picks got um traded amongst these teams. Yeah, for some players. Yeah, man. I'm I'm all I'm trying to say. I'm not. I'm, I hear what you're saying, Greg. But but he still had opportunities because there was uh he had a chance to get Javale McGee in the offseason before the season started. He passed on McGee. Look what he's doing in Phoenix. You have to grab big men. First round pick. Say it again. Indian. Indiana got a first round pick. They got Ricky Rubio, first round pick, a second round pick, and a 2027 second round pick. Right. So that's what I said. We don't have any first round picks to give. Like that was that's my thing. But I get I get your point. Like yes, Robin Lopez was available in the in the, the trade in yeah, the bargaining. AK made mistakes. I'm not I'm not even arguing that fact. Like he he made mistakes. He could have got Javel McGee. He could have got Robin Lopez. You know at at the buyout market. Okay, we got Tristan Thompson, which. I mean, at Total the time, it seemed, good. it seemed good at the time, but Total now... disaster, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, AK, AK got some work to do this offseason. He got to look in the mirror and be like, okay, what do I need to do to improve this team? You know, which kind of brings me to my next question for you guys. Um, hold on, hold on. Kata- I- Before you say that, Kataka, hold that question, Greg. Kataka. Right. Yes, sir. They asked AK... I forgot what newspaper reported it. But they asked AK, do he plan on getting a big man in the trade deadline? And you know what this dope said? What did he say? I'm happy with the team that I have. I'll listen to offers, but I'm not really trying to make a move. But we'll listen to offers. You know, we we feel like we're good with what we have. We like what we have. If it wasn't for injuries, you know, we would be in a different place. The injuries is why you should have made a trade. <laughs> But I mean, so, I mean, though. I mean, go though, ahead, like, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just had to throw that in there. No, I, somebody, I get it. Somebody need to throw that back at him in the offseason. Like, hey, uh, remember when you we asked you this question about making a trade, and you said you were content with this team, and uh, 
Yet your the same team that you content with got blown out by thirty points. Yeah, I mean, could 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 that have been him trying to put on a poker face though, and not trying to seem desperate? That's a because possibility. Let, yeah. Let's let's face it. Everybody in their mom knew hope. we needed a big. Let's hope. Everybody yeah. in their Everybody knew that. <laughs> yeah. So that so that's the thing, right? Like, what's he supposed to go? Like, yeah, we definitely need a big because we're not cutting it, right? Like, and for like, what's how's that? Because you know, if he says that, right? Like, if he says, "No, I'm not satisfied. No, we need to do these things." You know what what's gonna happen next? They're immediately gonna go to Zach and Demar, and the rest of the team would be like, "Well, AK said this. How do you guys feel about it?" Right, so maybe that was just him putting on a poker face and be like, "Nah, man, I think we good. We had some injury, or whatever." But you know, behind the scenes, he could have been like, "Damn, we really need to big. I really need to do something and try to make it happen." We kind of don't know, right? But that at least that's how I would like to think it went. That it was really just a poker face type thing. I you hope, could be I right. That. You could be right, Greg, because Demar Derozan is, is still buying into that he trusts his teammates. But I know deep down the site, I like the hell with these dudes. That's why I'm going. It's going to be miss me and Zach. He ain't really want to pass tonight, man. I kind of sense that he. It took him like what two quarters to get his first couple basket, his first basket. Yeah, he only took uh what ten shots. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. He was. I'll say this. He was passing the ball early. He was first. That's the most I've seen him pass this season. But he wasn't hitting it. That's because he felt ain't got nothing. Good, ain't got nothing to lose. So you know what? I'll, I'll pass him. But just show these guys. But show management how bad these guys suck. <laughs> I do wonder. Yeah, if he did the Kobe thing, like Kobe did in the playoffs, when everybody said he shot too much, that he just decided not to shoot and pass mm-hmm. the ball just to prove a point. Like right. I kind of wonder a little bit if that's what Demar was doing to prove a point. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I said I need to pass the ball. You can win with me passing the ball. Okay, cool. Here we go. Let me pass to everybody else. Like. Right. It, it could it could have been, or it could have just been because I was looking at it like some of those double teams. You get Drew Holiday and Giannis double teaming you, right? Like probably not going to be able to shoot over that realistically. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of get that too. It might have been a little bit of both. But uh, you know, my second question would be: Okay, again, you guys, we know we said we need a big, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of name? Because I I have an idea. At least for me, I feel like. An, you know, KJ, you mentioned this. I think we need a big. I think we need three point shooting, right? Like, I think that that's what would really help us. We need uh, both. Going into next season, we need right? both. So, so my thing is for you guys, who do you think we should target? As far as a three point shooter or a big man, both. Well, I had Rudy Gobert, man, but I seen him trying to defend Dallas the other night. He's horrible, bro. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take him on. I need somebody better than him, man. I, I, I tell you, I'd rather have Robert Williams. I heard his contract with the Celtics was running out. Any under contract with them, and he's not supposed to be us uh, resigning with them or something like that. I got to look at the details of his contract, but I believe he's on his last year with them. So Robert Williams wouldn't be a bad pickup, but realistically, who's really available next year? Yeah, Robert Williams will be a restricted free agent next year. And they um, might match also. it too. Yeah, they might match it too. Yeah, they might match that. I I can see that. They ain't gonna match it if it's too high though. <laughs> they may. You might have to. Yeah, they may. Especially if they gonna find the playoffs. They might say, you know what? Hey, we're gonna keep what we got and a guy gonna come back and let's go ahead and do it. Should I would match it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert Williams is a good player, man. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I told when we were doing the trade tracker, that was one dude I mentioned. All right, like my my thing is, I thought we should get a young big. Like that that was my thing, get a young athletic rim protector. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've been saying the whole time. But I did pull up a list of free agents uh, coming up for next season. So I'm kind of going down this list looking for big. So first one that pops up, well, Thaddeus Young, Yusuf Nurkic out of Portland, DeAndre Aiden's a restricted free agent, Serge is a free agent, Montrell's Harrell's a free agent, your boy Marvin Bagley will be a restricted free agent, Thomas Bryant from Washington. I heard about him. Zubak from the Clippers will be a free agent. Looks like he probably has a player option. Oh, Mo Bamba will be a restricted free agent. I would take Mo Bamba. Uh, I would take oh. Mo Bamba and, and Montrez Harrell. If I could get both of them, I would I would put them Oh out. yeah, I would I would do that too. Yeah, would he and Robin Lopez, both your boys, will be free agents. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna go uh, with Montrez and Mo Bamba. That's my two. Jalen Smith, Kevon Looney, Bobby Portis, Gorgie Jang. Bobby Portis for the homecoming. I don't think the fans will like him after he's been cussing them out. Yeah, I don't think they would go for that. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. Now, Jalen Smith is an interesting guy. I'll, ha- I'll probably have him come off the bench, but yeah, he's uh, he's not a bad player. I think he's up and coming. Mm. Yeah. Ed Davis. Let me see. Hassan Whiteside. I wouldn't mind Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, Whiteside. I mean, he looked like he getting kind of old, though, man. He looked like he looking old. I mean, coming off the bench, I wouldn't mind. Like, the same role he's playing in Utah off the bench, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Andre Drummond. See. But see, here's the thing. AK would have to get two of these guys. He wouldn't. It wouldn't be one. I would get two defensive anchors in that paint. Yeah. That could, the one of them going obviously have to guard a stretch four. Yeah, I mean... I think, you know, if you look at it, like like I said, like I'm pretty sure Vooch will get traded next year because he's got the expiring contract. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he'll get packaged in some type of deal. Um, but, yeah, like to me, like I said, I was looking at a guy like, like I said, Mo Bamba, I would have taken. Um, Jay, like you said, Jalen Smith is Montrez. interesting. Oh. Yeah, Montrez would be good. Thomas Bryant would be interesting for the yeah. Bulls. Um What's his what's his face from the Pelicans? Jackson Hayes, I thought would be good for the Bulls. Or you know, some 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 I, I figure even um God, what's his face in Washington that the Bulls traded? Gafford. Yeah, Gafford. Like I think he would fit what we need, just being a rim protector and a guy that mm-hmm. can run the floor. Like I think that would fit well for the Bulls, like somebody like that. And to for me, like looking at three point shooters, like I I kind of looked at a looking at a guy like who could probably come off the bench. There's like a guy that. that's going to become available after this season that you didn't name. I don't think he's a power forward or a center though. Who? Mikael Bridges from Charlotte. I would love him on the Bulls, bro. Oh yeah. I don't think Charlotte's going to let him go. <laughs> no, I think he's a free agent. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean, I just think they're going to throw whatever money they have to at him. Also, what I've been hearing about rumor wise is that um, Bulls might be interested in Malik Monk too. Yeah, like Malik Monk was a guy I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Malik Monk would be good. Robert Covington, uh, Anthony Simons will be a free agent because he was balling up there in Portland yeah. with Dame. Mm-hmm. With Dame gone, T.J. Warren would be uh, 
a free agent. I don't know if he'd be willing to come off the bench, though. Um, but uh, I think Patty Mills, you know, he has a player option. Like, I, I would look for a guy like – like like you said, like a Malik Monk, but a guy who can get his own shot, but is also a very good three point shooter. Because uh, Malik Monk shot thirty nine percent from three this year. Anthony Simons shot forty percent. Robert Covington shot thirty seven percent. Yeah, I would definitely target uh, Malik Monk. I think that's more more realis- realistic. You could probably get him a little bit cheaper too. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Zach Levine's contract uh, situation. Is he worth the Supermax? Would you spend the Supermax on him? And also, what do you think about uh, this COVID deal, him catching COVID for the third or fourth time? And do you think having knee surgery and being signed to a Supermax is a, is a, is a big mistake that the Bulls can make with him? We're going to talk about all of that when we get back. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. Back on the Bulls Guys Podcast. So, Greg, before we went to break, I brought up the Zach Levine topic. Uh, he's due for a super max con- well, not a super max contract. He gets, he gets the max, not the super max. Yeah, he gets the max. I think he has to make all NBA. Yeah, to qualify to qualify for the extra thirty million dollars. Yeah. Um, but the Bulls can offer him still a higher contract than anybody else, which I think gives them the best chance to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. And they still have that little bit of money to go out and get pieces, which I think they are going to need. Uh, so for the most part, do you think he's worth super max or even max? I'll say this. I think he is for the bulls. I think he's worth the max for the bulls. And I, 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 this is the way I look at it. If I'm the bulls, he's a very important player for us. He's one of our best players. He probably is our best player. And he is one of our cornerstones to which we're going to work, uh, to make deep playoff runs and try to build a contender. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at like, okay, Zach seems like he's getting to the point where he is very, very concerned about winning, right? Like, yes, the money's important too, but like winning is, you know, on the forefront of his mind. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, my thing is where do you go where you can still be the number one or let's say number two option where you have a legitimate chance to win? Right, like to make a, a run in a playoffs, because I like none of the playoff teams. You're not going to be that guy, like no, nobody really. You're not going to be that guy, and the other option would be to go to one of these non-playoff teams. Well, it, for, it, well, he he outdid his career, Greg. Uh, Twenty-four point four uh, points he averaged this year yeah. uh, compared to his career, nineteen point eight total rebounds, four point six to three point nine rebounds on his career. Uh, 4.5 assists to 3.9, shooting uh, 38% from the field, 38.9 from the field on his career, shooting 38.6 yeah. uh, from the from well that's from three from three point field goal and from the field he's shooting 48 47% to 46% on his career. So his numbers he's outdone his career numbers this year. Yeah. Um, but I, my thing was in the playoffs and then the, you know the 
constant in and out of the lineup, but he had an excuse for that because of his knee injury. Mm-hmm. But the playoffs, he really came up small. I felt like he did, he he played average in game four. He played okay. But yeah. I don't think he had a good series. He did not, no. Especially by the by the way we've expected him to play and the way that he's played really the past two years. Mm-hmm. All right, like the his play the past two years, he did not play up to his standard. But with that being said, like, do I think he's worth the max? Yeah, like I said, for the Bulls, I do think he's worth it. But I I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of room for negotiation. Like, okay, maybe you t- take a little bit less than the max, and then maybe we could, you know, do it to sign some other players or take that money to sign some other players. But I do think that they should, you know, at least be like, okay, well, if he really wants the max and he just doesn't kind of care, I feel like you kind of got to give it to him. Because then, like, the alternative is who do we have to replace him? Mm-hmm. Man, listen, I've been spreading a lot of word out there, man, for Damian Lillard, man, Dame Dollar, man. So, listen, I wouldn't mind having Damian Lillard, man. He's a dog, man. I'll tell you what, he was in this series, man. Milwaukee would have felt it. Yeah. Guy's a soldier, man. I guess I guess you put Dame – well, I guess you could interchange Dame and Lonzo with a one or two. Yeah. I have the Rosen play to three. If I, take, if, I, if, I, if I bring in – if I bring in – Dame Dollar, then Lonzo won't be here because I need Dame Dollar to play his natural position. I think, see, I think you would still need Lonzo just for defensive purposes. But he can't play that position at the point. You have to be a shooting guard. I was going to say, you could interchange them, really. I don't think right. it matters. You you could play Dame off ball, right. like, really. Mm-hmm. Like, and what he could think still be just as lethal. What you know what? I agree with you. I probably would have um, Lonzo at the two, especially if his three-point game has gotten better, uh, and have Dame at the one. But, yeah, I think those contracts would match up because I think that – see, the thing is, it's kind of scary when you – guy coming off a big knee injury, having surgery, mm-hmm. you, and this is contract year. Yeah, it's more like it gives me Derrick Rose vibes in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because who's to say that his knee is not going to be an ongoing issue? You know what I'm saying? Right. You got this guy in this, in this match deal, and you got him for, what, four or five years or whatever the case may be in this match deal, and it's going to be hard to say I'll try to pray. So, like you said, Greg, maybe they can try to negotiate, uh, maybe take a little bit less than that, you know, just to do like a prove it, you know, that you're healthy type thing, or you might have to just Trading for somebody like Dane. You know, you got to split both options. But yeah, it gives me Derrick Rose vibes, man. And I'm I'm kind of kind of scared. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same knee and it's the same injury, so. Exactly. So that's something they're gonna have to really think about. They're gonna have to get creative. You know what I'm saying? And and but I think giving away Booch or trading Booch is gonna be really key. Because that's going to – you can get two or three good players with Booch's contract that's going to be, you know, pivotal in that star lineup or whatever case may be. Oh, listen. My, listen, Kataka, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if he don't trade Vooch, I'm going to Chicago personally and strangle AK. <laughs> that's the number one guy. Him and Kobe, they can't be on this team next year. They can't. They cannot. They can't. I agree with you there, brother. And a few that's other people. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. got to get traded. 
Kobe White got to get traded. Vooch got to get traded. Bradley got to get traded. Bradley, Derrick Jones Jr. got to get traded. I'm sorry. He's okay. He, he, okay. He's a free agent anyway, so. Okay, Good. so let's let him fly away. He could go away. Um, There's some other guys that I can't do. Those G League, Malcolm, Malcolm Thomas, Malcolm Hill. Yep. Yeah, he could get I, out of here too. He can go yep. too. Um, Who else? Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas, I might keep him around. I need the three-point shooting. He's he the only one play. on the team that actually can shoot. He doesn't play. <laughs> he don't play defense. So you're going to have to come and get a couple of shots in, you know, and, and that's it. Get him out of there, you know what I'm saying? Man, we need to bring in a Patrick Beverly or bring in one of the Morris twins, man. We need some grit. One of, one of them is actually a free agent. The one in Miami is a free agent. So Morris twin, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, coming concussion. Yeah, the one coming from that long concussion. Yeah. I don't like when they cheap shot players, but man, they got grit to them and they go at people. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned something interesting. You mentioned uh Nurkic from Portland. Yeah. Who y'all think of him? Think of him. He might not be a bad option. Oh, uh, he's uh, got a lot of activity around the rim. He's a scrapper, it, rebounder. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a shot blocker he is. I have, I'm not, I don't know him for blocking shots that much, but um, he, he's a, he's a worker on offense, definitely around the rim. Yeah, I, I think, I think it really depends on how you want to play. Like, because I don't look at him like a he he averaged this season a half a point six block a game, mm. but um, I think. It really depends on how you want to play because I also don't look at him as one of those guys like if you want to play fast, who's going to be running up and down the floor. So, yeah, I think it depends on the style of play. Like if you are willing to play, if you want to play more of a half-court game, cool. Like I think he fits that. But if you're trying to play faster, it's not not really going to work. Yeah, we better off getting my bomb for that. Yeah. Well, guys, man, it's, it's the end of the year, man. It's the end of the year for me. It's the end of the year for the podcast. We will jump back in season two. But, man, like, this season ending the way it did, man, I ain't going to lie to you guys. Like, it puts a sour taste in my mouth. And I'm really, really going to be determined to see what AK do this summer because this was a bad showing, man. And I know a lot of Bulls fans just wanted to just make the playoffs just to go. But I I don't think they feel like that no more. I think they would have rather not be there than to lose like this. So this is why I didn't want us there because I didn't feel like we were ready based on the way we were playing. And I was correct. But that team in game two, if we could get that team in game two for the rest of the series, I think we could probably contest in this series and push us to six or seven games. Game one and two. I agree. I agree. Yeah, game one and two because they could have even easily won game one as well. Yep. But yeah, man. Um, you guys, final thoughts, man, because you know it's the end, man. The end of the bull season, man. You know, nobody gave us a, a, a damn chance to be anything. You know, we were playing. You know, we were a joke coming into the season, and then we come out the gates and knocking everybody lights out. Started the season four and zero, and then we just went from there, man. And we held our own at the number one seed for most of the season. And, you know, we just needed a couple trades. And our front office wasn't willing to do it. And I felt like that's what turned our season around after Caruso got hurt, especially. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Milwaukee Bucks. 
who I think did it on purpose and plotted to do that, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it like this. I think, and I'll say it again, I think that this is a good step in the right direction after not making the playoffs. I think there's a lot of work to be done in the offseason. I mean, we went up and down a list of free agents. So, AK, if you're listening, you got a list. You got something to work off of. Uh, you got some ideas, whether, you know, even as it pertains to Zach, maybe making trades or whatever. We already know you got to trade Vooch or don't even pretend like that's not going to happen. Um, but I think, like I said, it's a good step in the right direction. I don't think we're going to be able to play the same way we played this year in the sense of everything relying so heavily on DeMar. I'm going to definitely need Zach or Dame or whoever it is a big step forward if it is Zach. Like, I'm going to need him to be the one who's having all these monster 30 and 40 point games uh, instead of DeMar and let DeMar be more of that secondary option next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, like there does need to be some roster changes. And I kind of, I don't know how AK is going to do it. Cause again, like some of these guys you bring it up, but I'm just like, man, why do I want them? Like, we don't even <laughs> want them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I got to look at it, but you know, if, uh, you know, if I'm be willing to give AK the benefit of doubt and let him work. All right. Like I'm, I'm expecting to see something next year. Is we if you if you trying to go back on that excuse of oh we were injured oh we're gonna run it back it's not gonna work like it, it's just not you get you got to do something you got to make some moves you got to yeah ain't no, ain't no running the back man not in shot town bro listen this is this wasn't Chicago style man to lose the way we did we're, we're fighters man the last few playoff series we were in even Boston who beat us four straight. Um, in 2017, we still put up a fight in that series. If Rondo don't get hurt, that's a different series. So I've never – it's been a while since I've seen the Bulls lose this bad in the playoffs, not even against LeBron. So this was really bad, man. And it's like um, I don't think running a team and, and or being a coach is a hard job. I mean, of course I can say that from my bedroom, but – I've I've had my fair share of playing and I coach little league and um it just seems pretty simple, you know. When you look at the surface and you look at the field, uh Kataka and Greg, you gotta look at who you're gonna be facing and who you're playing against. You gotta look at the competition. And if I'm making moves, I'm gonna be making moves to try to be better than my competition or at least compete with them. And I don't feel like our front office did that. I felt like they just wanted to put a good enough roster out there and put some names together and just get to the playoffs. And, man, listen, that's not the, that's not the way that you post to, especially not with an organization like us. That's, that's not what we strive for, just to make the playoffs to see what happens. Nah, man, I, I've never known us to be that kind of team, Kataka. Even when we had the Baby Bulls, we were trying to knock people's heads off. We wasn't just trying to see what happened. Still fighting. Say that again? I said, yes, still fighting. Yeah, they 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 fought, man. Knocked out Miami in, in, in 2007 after getting beat by Miami in 2006. Those guys was determined, man. They ain't just want to just go just to get beat. So that's just not the Chicago way, man. You no, know, but you know, we reached the end of the show, guys. And um, man, it was it was a good 26 episodes, Greg. Uh, we switched over. 
from the Talk of Bulls podcast to the Bulls Guys podcast. And this is our 26th episode, the end of the season. And brother, it was a good 26 episodes, man. And it will be a good uh, second season. Yeah, man, I, I enjoy it. I, I definitely enjoy working on this podcast, talking Bulls, both good and bad. Uh, and it was, you know, it was an enjoyable season, uh, definitely. All right, and we'll see you guys here next season. Now, we will be doing flash episodes. Like, if a, if a trade goes down, you know, you'll hear from me and Greg jump on this thing and give our analysis and info on what happened in a trade um, in the offseason. But, you know, for the most part, this is this is it. This is the last episode of season one, and we're going to be heading into season two, which we, we hope will bring a lot of surprises we're going to try to get some celebrities in here some guys that work for chicago media in here and get their opinions get them in the uh the, the talking the uh the bulls guys family and you know we're going to keep building this brand and keep building this podcast and it was great to have kataka on for the few episodes that we had him on i appreciate it fellas definitely real fun yes sir um follow us on twitter uh, at Talking Bulls 82 to get the latest info on your Chicago Bulls. Also, follow us at um, send us an email at, at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com. Follow us at the Facebook uh, Bulls Guys Facebook page to get all the latest shows and info on uh, what we'll be doing in the future. Uh, please like, subscribe, and share to our share our podcast. Tell everybody you know about it. That way, we can have more more fans, more subscribers like you. Thanks for joining us tonight, Bulls fans. Go Bulls! Go Bulls! Go Bulls! Go Bulls.